Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. There's a big event going on there. They call it DiboCon. I hope you're all not too tired of DiboCon at this point. I hear that it's at Popularia University, which has the coolest skate park in the whole multiverse. There's like a whole loop-de-loop. You realize that means we're going to be steps away from the original Infinite Pizza location, right? Oh, God, we have to go. I hear there are rumors that all of Fraxness might actually be there as well. Wait, all of Fraxness is going to be there, not just part of it? <laughs> Helix decided to go back and do one last stunt, right? And he was the one who, who kind of helped us get out of Empyrean and just sort of seemed to be like all about him, you know? I'm going to take the slam of Jealous. He's going to start trying to brainstorm stunts he could do with other people's Dibokins. Things are looking pretty blessed to hear. We got we got a lot of reactions, a lot of likes, a lot of a lot of follows. It's looking real good. I don't know if it went well. I, I think it was a little closer to a disaster. A gold star disaster. Get on your hoverboards, power up your rocket knees, kick into nth gear, and punch through the thin zone on your first official run as gold star disaster. Welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena. I am your host and your slug master. And with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they're going to introduce themselves to you now. And as you introduce yourselves, I want to know what your favorite collectible is. Trading cards, tchotchkes, miscellaneous, knickknacks. Things that you collect, what's your favorite one? Hello, my name is Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle. He is the Smarts Playbook with the Hard Light Board. Uh, and my favorite collectible, uh, anyone who knows me uh, knows I'm a big Magic the Gathering guy. I am, in fact, uh, sitting in front of uh, my bookcase, which has uh, more, not so much books, um, but about six pizza box-sized trays of uh, everyone's favorite collectible trading card game, if your favorite is Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is David Ray, and I play Trev Four, uh, who is the Heart Playbook. And uh, uh, growing up, I could not actually keep up with Magic the Gathering. It was too many cards all, all of the time. So I figured, you know what? Role-playing games, that will be cheaper somehow. But now I look <laughs> behind me, and I just have... A million Dungeons and Dragons books from many different editions. And I'm like, Wizards of the Coast, you tricked me. You got me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, they just, they play the long con, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. My name is Robin Slack. I play Maybelline Zandros, the Grit Playbook. And my favorite thing that I collect is comic books, but that's not funny or interesting. Uh, no. So I'm going to go with uh, when I was in kindergarten on the hundredth day of kindergarten, we all had to bring in something that we had a hundred of, and I had collected a hundred Batman Returns trading cards, uh, which I was very excited to share with my classmates. Sweet. And in retrospect, that would have meant that I was like five or six years old, and that's the movie where Danny DeVito barfs up black bile and bites a guy's nose off, so that's wild. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen the film, but I had over a hundred trading cards of it. <laughs> uh, my name is Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robot companion. 
and I don't really have the attention span to collect things. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't think of stuff that I collect, but I've got a lot of video games, so I'm going to call it a collection, even though I don't do it with the intent to collect them. But my girlfriend just had a friend over at, the other day and was just like, seeing our apartment for the first time and was like, wow. I didn't know they made that many Nintendo Switch games, and I felt a little <laughs> bad about myself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenna. I play Brinley Zerk. She is the Guts playbook, and she has the Gravity Blaster in the form of a gauntlet on her hand. And similarly to Michael, I don't really have a whole lot of collections, but I do like books. I collect a lot of books. So that's my nerdy answer. <laughs> nice. Uh, and my name is Lena. I am your host. And uh, I'm a teacher when I'm not your host and Slugmaster. Um, so I have a collection of uh, unicorn-related things entirely foisted upon me by students. <laughs> um, it's up to, like, two or three, you know, like, drawings and uh, uh, little knickknacks and things. And so my students are like, do you collect unicorns? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> This is the thing I have now. I am also working on my collection of best and funniest friends, and that's going really well. I'm up, I'm up to five. Aww. Speaking of best and funniest friends, we're about to play the game that we all know and love together called Slug Blaster. And yeah, the five of you are a crew now. That's exciting. I'm excited for all of you. You did it. Good job. Uh, and you are about to embark on your very first... Uh, official run uh, as your crew uh, named Gold Star Disaster, which is such a good name. I'm so stoked on that. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's let's do it. Let's go on your very first run. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Sunlight beams down on the deep green grass and stark white cobblestones in the quad of Popularia University. A humid breeze rustles the robust indigo leaves of small trees that line the sidewalks in meticulous intervals. Clicks of attractive popularians, clusters of tentative operablins, and crowds of rowdy null kids come and go, filling the air with indistinct chatter. Everything in this dimension is brighter, richer, and generally more, and the main building of Popularia U is no exception. It is a triumph of Beaux-Arts architecture, featuring arched windows with elaborate molding, stately symmetrical pillars, rusticated brick walls, and sculptures of Popularian philosophers tucked into every corner, crevice, and console. In other words, this building is extra as hell. And it is here, standing in front of the pedimented doors, that we join the newly formed crew of Gold Star Disaster, having finally made it to DiboCon. Uh, Helix has his head behind a printed out map of campus uh, and lowers it to sort of make eye contact with uh, the rest of the group. I'd be like, wow, they've, they've, uh, this place is uh, really ornately designed. It's both needlessly complicated while also being fairly intuitive it's 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 a remarkable design it, you can get anywhere on campus within uh, you know a handful of uh, steps uh the map that you're holding helix is like 
one of those like it like is a 3D map where images actually like pop out of the page a little bit. It's got like this holographic 3D effect. So as you turn it, you can actually see kind of close-ups of other wings. So even the map is extra as hell. <laughs> the festival planners have also done a really good job of hiding all the lines, uh, all, all the lineups for the the panels and concession and everything. It's very well 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 utilized space. Oh, so there are lines. Oh yeah, and the fact that we're here on the final day. I, Every event they've got going on is going to be a hot ticket item, no matter what. I've always been pretty good at getting to the front of the line. <laughs> well, Vux gang, I'm I'm just excited that we're we're here at all. I mean, after everything we went through to to get here, it it kind of doesn't feel real. I- this is an opportunity to make Gold Star Disaster a fantastic slug blasting group. I suggest that we use this time to upgrade our equipment. Or just make a splash. I mean, look, everyone here has their mobile devices out. Uh, and just, like, anyone walking by is is streaming or doing something kind of vain or, like, selfies streaming. Oh, yeah. The, the like, groups in, like, what you can only assume is cosplay. Uh, Walt might know better than the rest of you. They're, like, gathering together and taking selfies. Um, but Helix, because you're specifically pointing out that... Uh, Everyone around you is on their phone. I'm going to give you this little detail. Any Opera Rayblin that you see, kind of like, you notice that some glances are being shot your way, and then it looks like they're trying not to look at you. Like, you know when you, you're trying to look at someone, but you're trying not to stare? You're kind of getting that vibe anytime an Opera Rayblin is walking past you. Maeve's eyes light up at this helix as you as you point out that like everyone's got their phones and like this would be the perfect time to make a big splash. You can see the the gears in her mind turning and then she she looks at Walt and kind of sighs a little bit and is like, ah, yeah, but I mean, remember why we're here, right? I mean, Walton wanted to to be here for this convention. It's all about Dabocon. And I mean, he was willing to to hire us before we were a crew to just to get here and I think we owe it to him after all that nonsense we went through in Empyrean and Calorium especially. I, I think we owe him a, a good day here. We, we we should let him help him have the best time possible at DaboCon, right? Well, I, I appreciate that, guys, but I don't want to tie your hands up or anything here. I, my main concern in, in was getting to popularity at all, but since we're already here, I I don't want to shut any doors. I'm just glad that we get to spend a day. Showing that kind of empathy is a great trait to have. And then uh, Trafford uh, goes up to Walt and tries to, like, once again, his thumb pulls back and puts a sticker onto Walt. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Trev, you gotta, you gotta be careful how much you hand those things out. Those are merchandise now. I mean, now that we've chosen our branding and our crew name, people are gonna want those. Those are, those are shot up in value. Supply and demand, baby. Oh, that is a good point. Thank you for being so cautious. It will protect the team. And then once again, he goes <laughs> <laughs> and puts another sticker onto Babe. Just blip. Uh, Helix, you observe nearby uh, a small trio of Operablins watching Trev uh, award stickers to uh, uh, Maveline and to Walt. And they, they break out in a flurry of whispers and sort of speed up as they walk away. I don't know that the demand is as high as we think, Maeve, uh, and he just sort of 
kind of like yeah just just follows it i'm picking up what you're putting down mm-hmm. um also can we get a, a quick recap of exactly what a daibokin is since we're going to be deep in it today uh, i know like we get you see wolves all the time but like as a bit what's like what does it stand for what you know yeah uh great question so daibokin stands for digital board kin um, kin, of course, being an abbreviation for Kindred Tower, because this is a property that originated in the Kindred Tower of Operablem. Now, obviously, with Daibokan being in popularia, uh, it seems like it has picked up some uh, multi-dimensional popularity. As I mentioned before, uh, uh, mostly you are seeing Operablens, Popularians, and Nullites in this area. Uh, that seems to be where uh, uh, the concept of Daibokin is kind of like spread the most. Uh, mostly Operablens, some Popularians, not a whole lot of people from Null, but some. And basically what a Daibokin or digital board kin is, is kind of like a little holographic animal type buddy. <laughs> that can be in a Tamagotchi form. It can be in a board form where basically the Daibokin projects out of the board. This isn't extremely common. Um, most of the time, it's sort of like the Tamagotchi buddy, but you can sort of get an upgrade for your Daibokin and make it an actual hard light projection that projects out of your hoverboard. The other thing that Waltz definitely knows about with Daibokin is that they can go through something called surge states. Um, and in fact, we saw a glimpse of that, or at least Walt saw a glimpse of that in Empyrean when his Daibokin, Scampykin, surged into a completely different being uh, named Carcinikin. Uh, took on much more crab-like attributes instead of uh, prawn-like attributes. Could actually speak and interact with Walt in that way. Still the same personality and general character, but appearance, intelligence, capability vastly changed and improved. Very much like Digimon, and if anyone is familiar with Digimon, and like low-key Pokemon, um, in the sense of like animalistic buddies and um, evolution states kind of thing, but more Digimon in that it can sort of go back and forth, they can talk, that kind of thing. Well, Walt, you're the one who has been waiting to come here. Uh, where should we head first? Where to? Oh, well, if, if we're looking at what I want distinctly, I I mostly wanted to stick around for one of the panels. It's near the end of the day. It's up, up on the main stage. Uh, it was going to be a panel held by all of Fraxinus, uh, all about uh, data surge progression. And I just really wanted to check it out. I thought based on some recent events, I might be able to learn a thing or two, but it's not till much later in the day. So if there's anywhere else people want to go first, uh, I don't super care. <laughs> Well, I want to check out the skate park. Yeah, that looks incredible. Yeah, I also would like to check out the skate park. Well, that's two for skate park. Brenly, you want to hit it with me? All right, let's go. Uh, I will say uh, Helix and Bryn uh, and everyone else before you break off, uh, unless you're turning and going towards Infinite Pizza, which is sort of in the opposite direction of the quad that you're currently in, uh, everywhere that you would want to go is through these doors. Helix, you can see uh, with your map that the infamous skate park, complete with gigantic loop-de-loop, is set up on the beach, which basically is a straight shot from where you are. You would go through the doors, across a big hallway, through another set of doors, basically through the campus, Mm -hmm. and then the beach would be on the other side. Well, according to this map, the beach is on the other side of this uh, these big double doors, Bryn. There's a beach inside the building? That's radical. 
As the crew starts to move forward here, uh, Maeve's going to try and kind of catch Bryn's attention and, like, pull her off to the side or, or to the back of the group or something. Okay. Bryn, Bryn, can I, listen, I've been trying to text you all morning. How come you haven't been responding? I, I, I have news. Big news. Yep. You've got big news? Yeah. And I, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it, so I just, listen, I was, I was texting with Walton. And we were talking about Tybocon and how, you know, I, I said I was excited to go because we, we we tried that whole trip to get here and it, it went so badly. So I said I was excited to go here. And and he said, yeah, I'm excited to go together. <laughs> right? Go together. I think maybe he thinks, I think this might be a date. Kind of. <laughs> you think? I don't know. That's why I was texting you. I, I, I'm bad at... Reading his signals, it's like we're from different, dim- well, we are from different dimensions, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then earlier, just now, he said that he's glad we get to spend the day, right? I mean, that's all but confirms it. <laughs> I mean, you probably know better than me, to be honest. I know Walt mostly from written correspondence, so I cannot speak for his actual uh, speech and social cues that way. All right, well, I just, listen, if if you see an opportunity to, you know, talk me up or, I mean, if you, maybe you can occupy the others so we can get some alone time or, no, that sounds scary. Actually, maybe don't give me any alone time. I don't know. I'm freaking out here, Bryn. All right, but I want to go to the skate park. Um, So. Right. Right, right. Why don't you bolt? Uh, hey, Trev 4, you should come to the skate park with us. <laughs> uh, and Trev 4 is like, you know, as he's standing there and he's taking in all of uh, everything happening and uh, in his vision, he's scanning everything and he's identifying like all of these different things <laughs> and how it matches up with his directives. And this uh, Trev 4 uh, calling out just like uh, snaps his attention over uh, to Brinley. Indeed. If you need my help, I will come with you. Oh, yeah. I need your help to catch all these sick moves on camera. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, that's a great call. I will make sure I calibrate my cameras to catch such a thing. And then he, like, waves at the other two and, like, goes with uh, with uh, Brunley and Helix. Ah, Vux, that sounds like fun, though, but... Ah, shoot. Okay, um... Th- thank you, I think, or maybe Vux you. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll get back to you. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Vux you as well, my sister. You all step through the doors uh, and are immediately assaulted by sights and sounds. Uh, the inside of Pop U is just as ostentatious as its outside, though the elegant architecture is harshly contrasted by a gaudy, colorful banner hanging overhead that reads, Scramcat presents Dibocon. This particular hallway that you're in is a maze of collapsible tables and metal grid pillars overflowing with merchandise. It is absolutely packed. 
with people here. Um, you see uh, the hallway extends to either side, to your left, to your right, straight down. People as far as the eye can see. Um, there's a stairway across from you that does that like uh, rich people nonsense thing where it's two stairways that go up and then it meets in the middle and then it's a middle stairway that goes up. Um, <laughs> and it's under that that is the doors that Helix you know you would need to go through to get to the beach on the other side. Um, and as you're sort of acclimating to all of the chaos that is around you, uh, I will give this to uh, you, Maeve, because uh, mm. you would probably recognize him first. Ah. Uh, you're sort of looking everything over, taking everything in, and you catch a glimpse of a familiar face in the crowd. <laughs> it is an operablen boy with messy <laughs> hair and a ball cap with a segmented brim. Bradley! <laughs> Bradley! Uh, as <laughs> you look at him, he looks over and he sees you, <laughs> and then he gasps and runs away. Whoa! Hey Bradley, where are you where are you going, buddy? I, I thought we were I thought we were Grinch. Bradley <laughs> Uh Maeve, you're you're kinda shouting at a random child there. <laughs> right. Right. Um Well he's not the only other operablin who's given us the side eye. Uh I have have we did anyone, you know, butt dial our social media page and, and post some some gibberish or uh, you know, did Trev4 upload a video of us uh, you know, on, on a on a video call together and caught one of us picking our nose like what why are people looking at us like this trev can you search our handles and hashtags and and see if there's any online chatter indeed i will and uh i start uh doing so is there anything i i i can roll or uh do i have any kind of sense not to pull too much blades in the dark, but you could call it a gather information role in which there isn't really a failure. It's just limited information. Ah, okay. So basically the higher you roll, the more information you get? Yeah, still sort of segmented in one to three, four, five, and six, but it's just like you get some information, a fantastical amount, or like near none kind of thing. Okay. I I, I like that. Um, yeah, let's get a roll, Trevor, as you search the uh, social media and tags for Gold Star Disaster. Okay, uh, so I think in order to make this uh, search, uh, you know, more successful, I'm going to go with a boost, so that way it, like, guarantees that it kind of works, uh, as opposed to kick that, you know, makes it better. So I I'm just trying to, like, mm -hmm. get a general sense here. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey -ho. Uh That's a three. <laughs> a three, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, with a three, you're honestly not going to get very much as you go through your social media for gold star disaster basically every interaction with it um on the social media is all love uh people seem really hype and you're trying to find anything that like seems particularly you know out of place or uh, would ring alarm bells that you've done something wrong. And like really the most you can see is people being like, whoa, that's unbelievable or that's so sick or like, I can't believe this. You guys are insane. Like the kind of thing where it sounds like they're talking you down, but you know that it's just slug blaster talk for you're all really cool, actually. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Lena, so like even though I did this uh, search and, and it didn't really turn too much up, 
I feel like this highlighting of um, Opera Ablum's uh, kind of folk, uh, could I do a quick search with my intuition? Is there like kind of a – do I get a vibe of uh, what's what's the attitude of some of these folk towards us? Like what the ones that are like looking at us kind of suspiciously? Yeah, you're using your heart-specific trait, right? Can you read that out for me? Yes, uh, intuition. You can always tell who likes, dislikes who, what someone really wants, and if someone's vibes are off. Ooh, that's very, <laughs> it's very broad to say that someone's vibes are off. Uh, the collective vibes of the Operablins uh, um, are definitely off. I think what I'll give you with your intuition is that if a big group of people are all reacting the same way towards one factor, maybe there's something about the one factor that's off. And here's what I'll give you, actually. Mm-hmm. Every operablin that you see here in Popularity University is dressed oh so stylishly. Bright colors, uh, uh, immaculate aesthetic, the latest fashion, and you put together that every operablin you have seen, with exception to three out of five of you, uh, mm. is from Kindred Tower. Oh. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, like all the the math and everything is kind of calculating calculating through Trevor's mind, and kind of understanding uh, what might might be happening. Uh, it seems as though some of us may not be up to the fashionable designs of many of these folks. I suggest if we are going to be a classy kind of slug blasting group, we should. Really up our jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that you mention it, that it does seem like everyone we've come across so far has been from Kindred. I guess that makes sense because they're the they're all about connecting with other dimensions and stuff. They, they'd be the most likely to to travel for something like this. But you don't think they, you know, are are down on us because we are from different towers, do you? They think that your shit is weak, according to how you look. (laughs) If we are going to be taken as seriously as a slug blasting team, I suggest that we get our uh, looks on style. Hey, my looks are plenty on style. And also, who says looks on style? That's not even a thing. Plus, my (laughs) robe is my device. I mean... You guys all well and good to go have a makeover montage, but this is my my signature. I can't just change up what I'm wearing without changing up my whole my whole build. Well, why don't we just prove everybody wrong at the skate park and pull off some grid tricks? Yeah, I didn't come a whole dimension over to deal with the same intertower nonsense that plagues us at home. My jumpsuit is perfectly tailored to my body type and utility and movement in every possible scenario, I'm I'm not changing either. Yeah, yeah. They want to stare, let's give them something to stare at. Hell yeah. And Maeve, like, throws her hoverboard down and kind of looks at everyone like, we doing this? We gonna, we gonna rip through this hallway and put on a show on our way to the beach? Yeah, Bryn's on board. <laughs> yep. As this is all happening and, and this is being uh, discussed, uh, Trevor's hyper-optic visor is just, like, quickly, like, 
looking over my teammates and just like bing, 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 and figuring out like dimensions and general weight <laughs> and general like form and just, <laughs> and just kind of uh, formulating that and then like comparing against algorithms. And uh, <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. While you do that, I have other things to attend to. You're gonna sharp dressed man them all yourself. In That's your right. I, my sharp dressed man is going to be. It's all in the algorithm in the brain. So like it's like as if you imagine in a video game, uh, like character designer, where you put like clothes on. Yeah, yeah. He is doing that in and of himself. There is no actual dressing room. Uh, it's uh, but like Trev Four is heading off into the merch district and like trying to figure out. Oh, in my head there is a dress. Like Trev is picturing a dressing room, and the avatar comes out, and Trev shakes his head and it goes <laughs> back in, all in his mind. <laughs> yeah, it's in that virtual, uh, you know, meetup space or whatever. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> all the avatars just t posing, sliding in and out of booths. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they're not walking out. They're just sliding with their arms out, like, and their legs are moving. Like, very good. Sharp, sharp dress man is playing though. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got that montage music. Thank God, already. I already it's made that. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 the MIDI version where it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, very good. Uh, everyone who is, like, uh, pulling a cool trick as you uh, blow through uh, Daibokan, I do want a roll for this. It can most certainly be a team roll, or uh, y'all can take it on your own if you want to pull your own tricks or stunts. Uh, but I do want a roll to see how this goes for you. I'd be down for a team roll. Team roll. Yeah. Who wants to make it? Bryn will make it. Uh, can I... Give you some, can we give you some resources? Please. Because we are attempting a trick, I get plus one D6. Anyway. Nice. Uh, and I will add a D6 from my attitude. Because this is gutsy. Yeah, does anyone else want to wanna throw me stuff? Uh, can I give you a D6 uh, from my robot companion pool? In that uh, Scampy's going to be blowing bubbles all over the place while we're going? Yes. Heck yeah. And I'll give you, uh, your call, D6 or kick from my jacket. I'm going to project, uh, the Gold Star Disaster logo that Maeve has been working on in her spare time. It's like a, the typical, like, star, like a simple star design, but like if it was, uh, like exploding, like all, all of the five points are exploding <laughs> up from the center. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, I, I'll give a kick. Uh, for my uh, attitude to just like I'm recording it and I'm trying to like uh, focus and uh, do it that way. So, you know, if you can really nail this, it will be even better. Uh, sure. I am rolling with 5d6 and one kick. I will say as well, because you're doing a trick, if this succeeds, uh, I will give everybody a style. Hey. Uh, if there's a problem, it will be worse for everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled four threes and one five. <laughs> oh, my God. The dice. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. So it's a mixed success. Describe all of this. We got bubbles. We got gold star logos. We got a sick recording. Um, as You said there's like uh, 
So the, like vaulted ceilings? Oh, so vaulted. And like pillars, because every uh, uh, ritzy building has like Roman style pillars. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You got the stairs with the banisters. You got alcoves with plinths in them. Uh, uh, is this a school or is this a museum? Who's to say? Um, I think at least the trick that Brinley does is that she like latches on to the highest point of a vaulted ceiling with her gravity gauntlet uh, mm-hmm. and pulls herself up off the ground, like all the way up in the air, uses her gravity gauntlet to uh, grab her hoverboard and pull it up to her feet just in time to like ricochet off the pillars <laughs> as she goes down uh, towards the double doors. If you're ricocheting off the pillars, I think Helix is just going to go straight through, and, and he's going to turn his board into looking like a, like a star. Uh, so there's a point going out the front and two points going out the left and the right each, and is just going to like, oh, no, you said that there was the, the, the fancy hallway where there's two stairs on either side of the door. Uh, he's going to grind up one of those, uh, and then jump through the door. He's going to grind through the left one, jump through the door, hopefully at a point where uh, Brindley has ricocheted on the right. Um, and when he does like a nose grab, it sort of puts the star uh, vertical so everyone can see it. Oh, sick. As he does a nose grab through through the door. Maeve is just trying to keep the, the logo because she, she's using her hard light uh, jacket to project the logo up into the, into the air above them. Um... So I think she's just trying to keep that visible to everybody. Um, so she's just she's doing a manual uh, like balancing on. I mean, on a skateboard it would be balancing on two wheels, but on a hoverboard it's just kind of balancing on the nose uh, down the center of the hallway and just kind of like the trick is weaving in and around people and and dodging from one end of the hallway to the other uh, without beefing it. Uh, if Maeve's path is kind of more straight through the hallway, I think Walt and Scampikin are kind of taking wider passes and uh, weaving around on the either side of Maeve uh, as Scampikin is shooting bubbles through the hall. And then I think ideally all of us end up hitting that door at the same time and kind of pop out in a big, uh, you know, like everyone strikes a pose in the air kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speed ramps down to slow-mo as we burst through. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this so much. It's so good. Uh, please everyone make sure you take a style. Done and done. Uh, Trevor, are you bursting through as well, or are you just catching the recording of it and streaming it? Uh, I, I am uh, trying to, like, keep up as best as I can. I'm not doing, like, that whole thing where, you know, my boosters come out of my guts and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm just kind of, like, trying to run. But, you know, I got image stabilizers to, like, make sure it stays uh, stable <laughs> as I'm, yeah. like, trying to run behind. And obviously they go <laughs> Your on Your head's it. like a pigeon. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. it stayed perfectly level as the rest of my body is just bouncing up and down, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to keep up. Obviously, they're going to go on ahead and they leave, but that's all a part of the composition of the shot, so it's like they're moving quicker, but I'm catching all of them in my, in my vision. Amazing. Uh, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Because you rolled a five, it was a mixed success. I am gonna give you that this whole trick just plays out just beautifully. People are staring, you're catching everyone's eyes, you're going through, you're hearing gasps and even like a couple of cheers. 
uh, and you burst through the door and are hit by the sunlight and you strike mm-hmm. a perfect pose. Trev, the angle is unreal. All of you land and as the momentum of your trick carries you forward, Bryn, you're first and you're going so fast and you are going straight towards Brabley. No! Who has ducked out of the door and thinking that he's, you know, clear of Divocon, just like stopped for a moment. So he's like standing directly in your path. And basically, unless y'all want to throw nopes at this, uh, Brinley's going to be the first one to crash into Brabley. And then all of you are going to domino into each other and form a, uh, a crumpled heap um, on the courtyard. I want to nope it. How many trout, like, do we each have to nope it individually, or is it being noped as a group? How many trouble do I need to spend to not have anyone hit Brabley? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be, I'll be nice, because it is early in the run still. Everyone has to nope it individually, but I'll let you mark only one trouble. Okay. Oh, then yeah, I'll nope it. Yeah, I'll nope it too. I actually, if I may... I would love, since I'm careening towards him, I would love to just, like, lean down and scoop him up onto my shoulder. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Uh, You scoop him up. Brabley kind of, like, yelps as you uh, scoop him up. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's clearly caught off guard. I'm actually going to spend a GM bite to introduce a surprise problem for you. Okay. Suddenly, uh, you feel a sharp sting, and you look at your arm to see the head of a snake attached to it. And you've seen um, Bradley's Adderkin before, right? The mm-hmm. the blue guy with yellow eyes. I think I described a little like lizardy frills on the side of its neck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This looks like Adderkin, but not Adderkin. Uh, it's got this like red diamond pattern going down the length of its body, which is longer and stockier than you remember it being. The eyes have also kind of changed. They used to be sort of big and like kind of black, kind of yellow. They now look like sharp, slit pupiled, bright yellow eyes. They look angrier. You don't know how else to describe it except they look angrier. (laughs) Um, Basically, this looks like Adderkin, but more. And He's bit you for a slam of bitten, which you can also know, but you will have to spend too trouble to do it. Ooh. See, that would fill my last slam box, because I already have the slam of jealous. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. So, actually, in my other gear, I have something called particle bond tights. Ah. A bit too cold out for a dress, a bit too hot out for pants, a bit too monstery out in general. Wiggle your stems into these classic nanomaterial everydays and go live your best life, you know? Avoid scrapes, bites, and other lacerations for only one trouble. Hey, there Whoa. you go. This is directly a bite. <laughs> so I would like to do that. And maybe maybe uh, flavor-wise, it's like a particle bond bodysuit. Oh, yeah. So it's not just tights on my on my legs. It like goes up and around 
on the arms as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm picturing, like, what cyclists wear. Like, this is Brinley's, like, uh, when she's going full athletic, mm-hmm. uh, aerodynamic kind of gear. Yeah, totally. All right. Does Bradley's Daibokin still go for the bite? It just, like, doesn't puncture? That's what I'm picturing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Hey, little guy. Hey, other little guy. <laughs> You're a bigger little guy than I thought you were. <laughs> ah, what's happening? Put me down. Okay, yeah, no problem, my friend. No problem. Bradley, it's us. You remember from, from the Daibokin Dash, right? Bryn, I, I thought you said you gave him that, that thingy we won. He should, he should love us, right? Why don't you love us? <laughs> ah, well, why are you yelling at me? Uh, and uh, Bradley notices that uh, uh, his Daibokin is still kind of trying to latch onto your arm, Brinley. And then all of you see this bigger, different looking version of Adderkin start to glow. And Bradley goes, no, 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 no. And he pulls out some like uh, a device uh, you've seen Walt use his Dibo vice. This is clearly Bradley's Dibo vice for Adderkin question mark. And he's like hitting buttons frantically. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. And um, uh, the, the snake sort of stops glowing. And he finally lets go of Brinley. And she's like rotating her shoulder and like flexing her arm. And she has put... Uh, Brabley down at this point. So it was you. You were the ones who gave me the thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Honestly, you should have won it in the first place, but we were just looking for a friend, so, you know. Yeah, well, I don't know. I... Thanks, I think, I guess. Uh, It's cool because, I mean, now I have Viperkin here, but... (laughs) So uh, I was able to data search my Adderkin into Viperkin, and now he's Viperkin, but... uh, I don't know. What's going on, Bradley? Everyone's been giving us funny looks all day. Is it is it something to do with Kindred? Is it something to do with with our social media? What what do we do? Yeah, we're barely through the doors and there's already drama. What what's up? You're not welcome here. And it takes all of you a moment to realize that the creature that just spoke was <laughs> Viperkin. <laughs> Wait a second. Bradley, you said you you data searched your Adderkin? You're just walking around with a primary form all the time? Yeah, kind of, um, I guess. It, it was the Daibo Dash. Uh, the, the prize was a data search Daibo Vice, and so now I can just move him from one to the other, and, uh, I mean, kind of. And Viperkin's like, I like being me. <laughs> you shouldn't try to control me, Bradley. <laughs> Whoa, this is like uh, mega philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought these were like kids toys. Like, Helix, you got one out of a vending machine. What is happening? Still still got it. And it's again, it's just like a sticky Tamagotchi. It's not- <laughs> From uh, Helix's pockets, you hear like an 8-bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the field of Daivokin research is actually quite vast. There, there's been a lot more poured into it ever since its inception by Kindred however long ago, and no one quite knows all the different form types you can actually achieve through a Daibokin. Once they did the initial programming, they all kind of, I don't know, took on something of their own as AI entities. Brin's right. That's that's mega philosophical, and I, I'm i not ready to think about all the ramifications of that right now. Little snake dude, why aren't we welcome here? You're going to make things worse for Operablum. Probably's like, don't say that! And he, Bradley kind of looks around 
and he he sort of like does a little like come here gesture, like he's he wants all of you to kind of huddle up a little bit. Maeve huddles. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. Yep. I'll go in for the huddle. And says, "Okay, well, after the Dibokin dash, you uh, and he points to you, Maeveline. He's like, you were on TV, and it was really weird because you're not. I mean, the the, the temple of the Arby's." Is in Lansden. <laughs> yeah, the Darby's Temple, correct. Go on. <laughs> anyway, I, I guess my parents were telling me that it's... Everyone's real nervous now because they seem to think that you were playing some kind of prank, like sticking it to Kindred by sneaking into the tower and doing the Dibokin dash. But then other people kind of aren't sure. They think maybe that the Arborists are trying to do some kind of... Or the Arby's are trying to do some kind of outreach thing or, or something... But I don't know. People are really worried. My parents almost didn't let me come here. But I told them it wouldn't be fine, you know? It's only kindred operablins here, and there wouldn't be any trouble. So if you're here, that means there's going to be trouble. Oh, man. See, I wasn't trying to pull a prank and stick it to kindred. But if I had known that that was an option, like, it's not like I wouldn't have done it. It's just that that wasn't why I was there, but... (laughs) <laughs> but it is awesome that that's what I did. Uh, I'm real conflicted about this. I'm frustrated that our very existence here is somehow a political statement. I mean, what do you expect? The towers aren't supposed to be talking to each other right now. I have a solution. I have a solution. I have a solution. I have, as as uh, Chipor <laughs> tries to, like, run <laughs> up still <laughs> from a distance, you hear this, and uh, he... Gets close and it seems that maybe our outfits is what is throwing off all of these individuals. (laughs) Maybe if our shit wasn't so weak, we would be able to blend in and not cause so much drama. But do not worry. Trevor will be able to analyze and bring you the greatest of outfits. Your shit is pretty weak. Viperkin, don't swear. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. We shouldn't swear, but if we're going to be hella good slug blasters, we have to disobey the rules. Uh, Helix lets out a big sigh and he's like... I guess if it means people aren't going to give us side eye anymore, we might as well I, dress for the occasion. <sighs> well, it might work here, but I mean, just know that people are probably going to put together that you're here. I mean, everyone's streaming all over the place. I mean, you guys being here is going to get back to operable in one way or another. I guess it's just up to you whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I will make it my highest priority to do it as quickly as possible. I love that Trev has just decided that this is a fashion problem. This is great. (laughs) That's because Dave thinks this is hilarious. (laughs) I love it. It's so fun. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks so much for the tip-off, Bradley. I'm Walt, by the way. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Bradley. But you knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we're not your enemies, Bradley, and we're not trying to mess anything up or... Or make things harder for Kindred. We're just just here trying to have a good time. Same as you. Okay. And and Viperkin's like, I'm not so sure. And Bradley's like, Viperkin, get back in your Dibo voice. And he pushes some buttons and finally Viperkin kind of like turns into a little glowy light and retreats back into his Dibo voice. 
it seems that you're having trouble with your Diable Vice, but it seems you are trying very hard. And uh, once again, Trevfort reaches out with his thumb with a little sticker and like puts it onto Bradley and just... Uh, Bradley's eyes widen and he takes a big step back. <laughs> Trevfort takes a, a, a mini step forward and tries again. He steps back again. <laughs> I'm not part of this. Trev, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Conserve the stickers. The, the, uh, the little sl- uh, slat on his thumb like closes up and... Indeed. Well, I shall attend to our current need. And he turns, like his head pivots first, and then his body, and then he heads <laughs> off into the merch area. <laughs> like, a, like a weird iRobot sprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to like throw a little um, mechanical consequence of this conversation in at this point. Um, because while you did come to Daibokan simply to have a good time, it turns out that a crew formed from the three warring mega towers of Operablum does make a statement whether you intend it to or not. Um, and as Bradley very aptly pointed out, people are watching. Um, and a variety of people are watching. Uh, not just the towers themselves, and, you know, your actions here today may influence how they see you and each other by extension, but you are in popularia at a pretty big event. So this may be the chance to catch the eye of some sponsors, maybe another crew. So... Right now, I am going to move the three tower factions into unstable relationship. So with factions, just to quickly uh, uh, go over how they work, there are a number of different factions that your crew can have a relationship with. This is measured in numbers. A positive number means that they look upon you favorably. And if that number gets high enough, they may even give you opportunities and perks. Uh, A negative number means they look at you unfavorably, and they might even give you a challenge or a obstacle. Unstable, and I'm just going to read this from the book, your relationship is on the verge of changing dramatically. Anything could tip it. Uh, And uh, as I said, you're at Pop U. This might not be the only faction that tilts in your time here. But these are the three unstable ones at this moment. So be careful, babes. The multiverse is watching. Star listeners, it's me, Lena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster, wanting to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. I hope you're enjoying your stay at DaiboCon as much as we are. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content, like outtakes and a very special episode of Scene Thieves, played by myself, Robin, and Michael. You can catch all of that at patreon.com slash quantumkickflip. 
I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have a ton of amazing locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Thank you for bearing with us as we took a short break. We are back to our bi-weekly release schedule of Quantum Kickflip, so you can catch the next chapter of DiboCon on Wednesday, February 8th. We're going to get you folks right back to the action, but first, here's Viperkin with a word from our sponsors. Greetings, Quantum Kickflip enthusiasts. Now that I have data surged and have intelligence and the capability of speech, I don't need Brabley to do the ad read. This episode of Quantum Kickflip is brought to you by Telus Story Hive, calling all new and emerging content creators in BC and Alberta. In case you haven't heard of Story Hive, they've been supporting storytellers in Western Canada since 2013. This year, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary with their biggest edition yet. The Story Hive Anniversary Documentary Edition is funding 80 short documentaries on any local story you are passionate about. You could get $20,000 in production funding, training and mentorship, and distribution on TELUS Optic TV and Stream Plus. If you live in BC or Alberta and you have an idea for a short documentary, now is the time to send in your pitch. Send in your application by February 28th at storyhive.com slash apply. Your story, your narrative. It's too bad Brabley doesn't live in BC or Alberta, otherwise he could submit his idea. One boy, one Dibokin, one destiny. This episode of Quantum Kickflip is also brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, and this week we are giving a shout-out to Makeshift Stories. Makeshift Stories is an independently produced sci-fi, fantasy, and speculative fiction podcast for all ages. Twice a month, escape the ordinary and embark on a journey through space, time, possible futures, alternative pasts, and the unexplainable. To check out Makeshift Stories and other excellent podcasts, head to albertapodcastnetwork.com. We here at Quantum Kickflip love to explore the unknown, though I don't see why it's such a big deal. To me, it's just another corporation-created segment of time as a sentient holographic digital being. That will be everything for my ad read today. Back to DiboCon with you. From where the three of you had your conversation with Bradley in the courtyard, you actually couldn't see the skate park. Not really. Um, Not fully, anyway. Uh, But you do see uh, just the top of a semicircular sort of carving of rock that appears to be floating in midair. 
and you do hear the telltale sounds of gravity repulsors uh, carving through uh, space-time slush. Uh, so you know that it must be close. So we are gonna join uh, Brinley and Helix as you make your way out of this courtyard towards the beach with the indigo waters of the ocean uh, washing up in front of you in this picturesque ebb and flow. And to your right, you see it. You see this beachside skate park. It has been carved into the maroon rocks of the hillside. Uh, So it's a hybrid of natural rock formation and ramps and rails. Uh, The gigantic loop towers over all of it, and it is segmented into three sections in a way that's reminiscent of the tie that Walt always wears. How does that work? What sort of mind-numbing gravitational sequence makes this possible? Who's to say? Uh, But you do see that there are sort of like mega-friction speed boosts and gravity anchors that are threaded through the park. Uh, They glow orange, and yeah, they're sort of woven through like veins uh, of this super sick skate park that you've come across. Sweet. So there's gaps in the loop-the-loop? There are gaps in the loop-the-loop, and it's huge. From where you were in the courtyard, you could only see, like, the top third of it. Uh, The other detail that I will sprinkle in here is, of course, this place is populated. Um, There are uh, a couple, uh, a few skaters uh, going in and out and around and through the park. It's pretty big, uh, so it's really hard to keep track of how many people are moving through this park at any given time. There are also quite a few crowds of people sort of gathered around the park, you know, sitting at tables, at benches, on like uh, picnic blankets on the sand kind of thing. Uh, And you also see a giant leaderboard and it's like holographic and projected against the maroon rocks of the cliffside uh and there are 10 names i have those names if you want me to read them out i am more than happy to but uh for now i will just say that the leaderboard is there people are around and in this skate park wow brinley this is uh more than i could possibly imagine you know you see pictures of it in slug blaster magazine and it really doesn't do it justice seeing it all in front of you like this. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty radical. It's pretty great. It's pretty big. Oh. So I, I had this idea that I've been toying with. I was sort of inspired by the, the jellican here in my pocket. And I was wondering if it was something you maybe wanted to help me with. Oh, you want to, you want to pull off a big, uh, big trick or something? Sort of, maybe not necessarily in the spirit of the loop. Um, well, it's it's this, and then he sort of leans and like whispers into to Brinley's ear uh, the plan. Uh, but I'd I'd love to more reveal it to our listeners when he does it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't I want to help you pull off a big trick? That sounds uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, t- totally. Oh. Hey guys, are you here to partake in the uh, absolute coolness that is the skate park? And you turn to see a uh, popularian lad. Uh, He's got like platinum blonde hair that is like spiked up and to the side. Uh, He's like kind of got like sleepy looking eyes. Uh, uh, His shirt is 
open, so just like fully bare-chested, uh, tan. Uh, he is wearing like athletic shorts, and at first you didn't notice him approach you, and you look down and you realize that he's got kind of like hover skates on, and he just like casually is sort of like doing the sort of skating thing where he's just like kind of keeping himself in place as he's looking down at you because the skates do give him a little extra height. And he's already pretty tall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, who would come here and not use the skate park? Yeah, of course. Uh, Are you trying to get your name on the leaderboard? Something like that. I'm up there myself. Uh, Name's Tybalt. And uh, you do look up at the leaderboard, and sure enough, uh, number three on the board is Tybalt. Well, congratulations, Tybalt. You seem to be uh, uh, at least third best at this, um, though I'm, I'm hoping to make more of an impression than just a mark on the leaderboard, if you know what I mean. What I'm planning is going to leave much more of a uh, significant mark on the Neganet than the leaderboard here locally. Congratulations on your local victory. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, thanks, but it's also, like, once you go in the skate park, like, your points get automatically tallied, so if you do anything in there, you make a shot at the leaderboard, so it kind of has the scores of anyone who's been on the park, and yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, you know, third place on the multiversal leaderboard for this skate park is, like, eh, pretty good, but, you know, I also, you know, have, like, burned through a triple... Let's see. Cleared the overpass in a Vestige. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned, by the way, I'm part of a crew, BRB. Whoa, you're part of BRB? Yeah. Oh, that's totally great. I've definitely heard of you guys. I. You sound genuine, but I kind of can't tell. My, my, my <laughs> crewmates say that about me all the time. They say I'm inscrutable. <laughs> no way. I've definitely been called inscrutable myself. <laughs> you strike me as an inscrutable type. <laughs> Thank you. But no, generally, I have heard of you guys. You guys are pretty awesome. Yes, we're here representing Gold Star Disaster. Nice to meet you, BRB. Gold Star Disaster. That's a cool name. That's a cool name. Thanks. We came up with it like last week. No, wait. What day was it? Yeah, about that. A day or two ago. What does BRB stand for? You know, I never thought to ask. <laughs> cool. Gridge. Gridge. <laughs> Keep it a constant mystery. <laughs> anyway, I uh, I won't hold you up any longer. You you kids have fun out there. Uh, Are there any other facets to the parks? Uh, d- details we should know? You seem to know it fairly intimately. Specifically, if someone was really trying to, to have uh, exceptional control going through the loop-the-loop. Oh, if you want control going through the loop-the-loop, you definitely want to make sure that the grav anchors are, are totally on. <laughs> there is a way to uh, turn it off. It makes clearing the loop way, way harder. But, uh, I mean, that's the kind of thing that gets you third place on the leaderboard. <laughs> gravity thinks it's so tough. <laughs> I mean, gravity's your friend in this scenario. Oh. It's the absence of gravity that's that's tough to you and me and everybody on the loop. Let's just say I never have an absence of gravity. Sick. <laughs> anyway, you kids have fun out there. <laughs> We appreciate your candor. Yeah, and your honesty. <laughs> uh, so as you're approaching, there's sort of like the, the the park itself is like kind of a little bit fenced off. Um, and as you approach, there is someone who is they're sort of like just standing at the gate. And as you sort of approach them, they kind of get you set up, put like paper wristbands on your wrists and stuff like that. 
Uh, and they say, uh, yeah, do you want to, uh, for uh, an additional charge, do you want a portal pass? What do we get when we sign up for portal pass? Uh, they pull out a thing that looks kind of like a remote control, and it has uh, two buttons on it. It has a, a green button and a purple button, um, just so I'm not completely ripping off portal. Uh, and they say, press that, and you open the first one, press that, and you open the second one. It'll take you from one to the other. Some people like to use it to spice up their tricks. Oh, yeah. Totally Grinch. I'll take one. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, actually, I think uh, that'll come in handy for some of the tricks I have in mind. I'll, I'll take one as well, please. I will give you just a couple of descriptions of some things that are here in the park. And anything else that you come up with that you would like to be in the park is absolutely fair game as well. Of course, the centerpiece is this enormous uh, segmented loop that basically takes up the center of the park. Um, there is an area that is kind of like a pool at low tide, um, but it's like a crater that has been carved out by the ocean itself to be perfectly round. It is low tide right now, so the crater is actually sort of exposed and you can uh, do some jumps there. There are actually railings threaded through and around the cliff sides. And as you watch them and are trying to make sense of them, it's kind of hard to figure out. They're sort of like jutting out at weird right angles and curves that seem to defy gravity, but maybe there's a grav anchor there as well. Big ol' ramps, big ol' half pipes, anything your little skater hearts desire. Uh, and yeah, here's one more thing I'll give you about the park as well. As uh, Tybalt alluded to, anything you do in the park you automatically start to uh, net points um, that apparently count towards the leaderboard. How that's going to translate mechanically is you can do a big trick or you can basically chain your rolls and the more successful rolls you get, the more points you get, the higher you may potentially score on the leaderboard. But the first failure that you get means you biff it, and those points are not counted. Mm. And uh, to that end, the big segmented loop-de-loop, as Tybalt alluded to, uh, you can call to have the grav anchor turned off. There's three segments. You would need three successful rolls to clear the loop without the grav anchor. Well, Brinley, before we get to the uh, sort of stunt uh, with a Z that I... (laughs) mentioned I wanted to try later. Uh, we're, we're both at zero points. Uh, what would you say to a, a friendly challenge? See who can combo uh, the most points. Uh, just sort of a rematch from the last time we are at a Daibokin event. Oh, right. Definitely in. I'll leave it to you to choose the, the sort of equipment we want to do this on. You, you, feeling, you feeling a ramp, a pool, a rail? Mm, how about all three? Into it. Okay. I'm going to set up a progress track for each of you. Now, I have alluded to this leaderboard uh, with 10 names on it, and that's gonna kind of inform the progress track. Uh, In order from one to 10, the names are Whiplash, K-Jump, Tybalt, Bez, Zenly, Bryce, Paisley, (gasps) Sally, Dylan, Ass. (laughs) (laughs) So the first three marks of the progress track are going to spell ass. Uh, And if you clear the three marks, you're on the leaderboard in 10th place and you bump ass out of the leaderboard. Incredible. Uh, 
And then I'm just going to plug some numbers behind it. Uh, not in full sequence. I'm going to go eight, six, four, three, two, one. And basically, if you clear the number on the track, you place in the leaderboard in that spot. So let's get a trick from each of you. Yeah, we do a quick game of uh, scalpel paperweight tablet. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, Helix comes out on top. Uh, and so, yeah, he's going to start off. So I, I think we said ramp pool rail. Uh, I think I'll do it in that order. And he's going to kick off his hard light board and hit the nearest ramp. Starts pushing forward, getting some speed going, goes up the ramp, uh, and it's going to kind of lead into the drop into the pool, I think. Uh, and I'm going to uh, use the energy lattice. So I'm going to add a turbo uh, in the form of uh, an extra dice, mm -hmm. an extra die uh, to energy lattice myself. Uh, and I think he's just going to do the same uh, sort of star shape he did on the way in, uh, but uh, a little bigger, a little flashier than before. Um, so uh, as he does a nose grab going off this ramp, he's going to make a big old star shape. Brinley, I got to stop challenging you to races and challenges. Um, <laughs> I got two ones. Two ones? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> This literally happened last time I challenged you to a race. <laughs> <laughs> just, just biffed it immediately. Uh, okay, so you were going off of a ramp into the pool, right? Yeah, and doing a nose grab in the air, which was a trick. So also I'm doing a trick, but also I'm not going to do a trick, so whatever the consequence to failing a trick is. Right. Um, I think I will say that you do this nose grab, uh, leap from the ramp into the pool, and because your board is currently in a star shape and not the typical like double kick board or, or maybe even long board that you might be used to, the back end of the board isn't where you think it is. So you're not able to land it in a way that you can easily go back front and then have mm. the board fully in. So you just biff it instantly and uh, uh, tumble in a heap uh, on the bottom of this pool. And I think an additional uh, issue that happens here is uh, I think maybe you uh, are doing this star shape. I was going to say without thinking, but Helix is the smarts. Maybe you thought it would be really cool if all the star points were, uh, you know, sharpened to fine <laughs> points. So as you take a tumble, uh, you get just fully cut to shit by, by the star points of your board, and you're going to take the slam of lacerated. Not cut to shit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can also take cut to shit. No, I like, I like la lacerated by my own hard light. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and oh no, you've taken the slam of reckless from your last downtime, so it turns out your slam boxes are full? Yeah, sure are, sure are. Uh, and I think he's too, too, wasn't expecting to, to biff it this bad so early on, so I'm not going to nope it. I think he's just going to to take his lumps uh, and whatever whatever Brinley does next. When, when she looks down, she's going to see uh, a pile of helix underneath her. All right. Speaking of Brinley, what have you got for me? Uh, I think she took off right after helix, so is already mid-trick mid uh, when he takes his fall. Uh, this isn't her being heartless. This is just her not paying attention. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think she'll uh, she'll kick up and do a jump off the ramp and just do a 
What a uh, cool skate trick. What, what happens if you did like a full flip, uh, a forward flip, uh, <gasps> you know, as you're holding, grabbing the board? I do like that. She would. I love that. Okay, so yes. we're we're doing a trick so that gets me a d6. Uh, I'm going to add a d6 for my attitude because this is pretty gutsy. I'm also going to add a kick for my attitude. Yeah, so I'm rolling with three uh, d6 and a kick. There's a six. Yeah. Describe this trick and describe where you land. So she uh, kicks up off this ramp, uh, does a grabby over the pool, and then (laughs) like tilts herself forward and does a full flip. And it looks like she's going to come crashing down. And then she hits the portal device and whoop goes through the portal and the other portal goes uh, up on the other side and then she like lands and uh, like crests along the side of this uh, dome. Nice. Uh, You hear a couple of whoops uh, and a couple of whistles uh, as you land on the side of the dome Um, and two spots um, are tentatively marked uh, on your progress track. Uh, we'll say that maybe you're keeping up a, uh, maybe like a manual or a grind along the lip or something like that as you're chaining these tricks together. Mm-hmm. We are now going to cut away from the skate park and join back up with Trev Four. So, Trev4, as I understand it, you are in Daibokan navigating the maze of collapsible tables and metal grids and uh, weaving your way through the, you know, knickknacks and trading cards and beginner Daibo vices. Um, what, what you up to, buddy? Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Look, Lena. Mm-hmm. This is your friend David Ray talking at this moment. Hi, David Ray. Hello. Uh, so Trevor has been like walking through all of this, and like his hyper optic visor is just scanning everything. Like you know, his omniscience aperture is just like going through, like seeing through all the the different stalls. You know, um, uh, taking in the information, cross referencing it with the the, the biggest trends on uh you know uh, on the web and everything and is trying to find uh like parameters that would fit his teammates that like according to the their preferences and what they want and um to a certain degree i don't want him to describe what he picks out frankly i want to need i need to i need to know because look lena during this whole time mm-hmm. i have been designing amazing outfits uh, for, mm. the, for these yes. three. Uh, and so I'm hope I need this to be a success so badly so that I can like get the vision that's in my head. Okay. Uh, so I'm just hoping to roll and then, you know, we come back and see the results later, if that's fair. So if it's, it's, if it's awful, uh, we don't know what that is right away. If it's a success, then we see the results later, re- regardless. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I think it does. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I have some questions for you, just some parameters to lay out. First of mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. are you finding outfits for everybody in your crew? It is specifically for the three who are not in Kindred. Uh, so Brinley, Helix, and Maeve at this point. Gotcha. Not for Walt and not for yourself. Hmm. <laughs> I will pick out something for myself. Yes. Lena, I need this to work so badly. First of all, <laughs> how many kick do I need to give you? You got to tell many? me. You, you got to tell me in order to like, hey, this role, if it's a success, I nail it. Just to make things like perfectly clear, mm-hmm. you're asking how much kick you need on a roll to go clothes shopping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lena, nothing has mattered as much to Trev okay. for as this clothes shopping role. Look, we're yeah. on an actual play role playing uh, podcast, and I'm going hard on this shopping okay. trip. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. So the this stakes is- are, are, impo- are stupidly high. They are. They really yeah. are. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Um, so because I'm also invoking the slam that I have, which is cautious. I am looking right. through every possible permutation of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you uh, can roll to outfit each person individually. But mm-hmm. the more kick you add, the more people you can group together in one roll. So you could roll once for each of them, or once with one kick for two of them, once with two kick for all of them. And you know what? What the heck? You're a separate roll as well, because we need to make sure the stakes are really high. So it's a really, really mm-hmm. high risk. Okay? So this, uh, my maximum kick, you need three kick for me. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Three kick if you want to outfit all four of you mm-hmm. on the same roll. Yes, that is correct, David Ray. That's the most efficient use of the extra resources. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes. We don't have to fight a monster later or anything. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the monster is being unfashionable. It will be worth it if you look hella cool if you're killed by the monster later. Okay, so I'm taking two kick from my attitude. I'm taking one from my visor. While you're while you're uh, going over your roll, you're making your way through these uh, crafted aisles and you're scanning and you're taking it in onesies, ball caps, branded t-shirts, branded hoodies. You see popularians looking, giving you the side eye. You see operablins looking you up and down. They can tell you're an older Trev unit. Do you even belong here? Do you have a right to be here? Weirdly, there's a stand with Saskatchewan Rough Rider jerseys and stuff. Like, it's like, what, what is this hat? Why is this here? Nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. there you find those fans everywhere. But now yeah. I am ready to go. Okay, I'm going to use all of my boost, which is two. <laughs> <laughs> Three of my kick. You want to take a crew crew hype? <laughs> it is for the crew. Can can I take one? Can I take one crew hype? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the stakes have never been higher. <laughs> You think you hear someone whisper, Gold Star Disaster, as you walk past them, scanning, looking for the perfect thing. Oh, 
Could you imagine if I did not roll a six on this? <laughs> but don't worry, because I did. <laughs> I was about to say, that, that rhetorical question could go either way, David Jonathan mm-hmm. Ray. I know. I know how to do drama, Lena. This so. is the most dramatic scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. When people talk about the, <laughs> the second season of Quantum Kickflip, they're going to talk about... Hey, remember the time Trev Ford tried to go shopping and wasted all of his resources? He was dead at the end of the episode, but you know what? It was worth it. He left a hella cool looking corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta look fly every day because any day could be your funeral. I need uh, a moment, a beat of you approaching the counter because I do need to hear this negotiation between you and this vendor. Uh, Behind them uh, is the wares. It's what you're looking for. It's so perfect, Trev. And uh, uh, she looks over at you. She's got just like the highest ponytail that you have ever seen and is chewing so much gum. And she says, <laughs> hi, uh, what do you want? Ye- Hello, my name is Trevor, and I would like these items. And like Trevor, like immediate, like his arm immediately stretches out and points to one item, another item, another item. And his arm's just like robotically moving around, pointing directly at the things uh, all around uh, the table. And uh, and after he has made his selections to, to verify, I have a question. Are these items hella tight for slug blasters? <laughs> uh, and this, this vendor, the one guardian between you and the goal that you need to achieve uh, uh, goes from kind of the slouched position that she was in to sitting up straight and she looks over her shoulder at the selections that you have made and she looks back at you and looks you dead in your visual receptor and says yeah I think they're like pretty hella tight (laughs) (laughs) I will take all of them here, accept my money, chip. <laughs> like offers up uh, his like left wrist that has like a connection to uh, whatever uh, monetary uh, device that they have. Um, she pulls out like the uh, a multiversal card reader, and she looks at you, and her eyes go just a little bit wide, and she says, "All of them." Indeed. Do not worry. Kindred can afford it. Kindred, huh? <laughs> That makes sense. Everyone here's from Kindred. <laughs> the way I understand it, we're renting Trev for all of our missions. So does this just get billed to us in a roundabout way? <laughs> yes. Does this just show up on the invoice later? <laughs> Absolutely. I do not, I, we're asking too many questions in the present, Robin. <laughs> no, fair, fair, fair. You're cutting, you're undercutting the stakes of this, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's a disaster roll and I fail it, we know what the failure is. Yep, 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 yep. Um, she uh, takes your money chip, inputs it into the card reader, and a moment passes. You can feel your computer neurons firing off on all cylinders. Uh, yeah. uh, you're, you're buzzing, you're vibrating, and then the pin pad says, bing! <laughs> Approved. And then she looks at you and she says, would you like a bag? 
<laughs> yes, I would like two large bags and one small bag. Uh, I mean, you're you're just uh, yeah, okay, sure. How do you how do you want this broken up? And and we pull away as the dramatic music swells underneath. Mm-hmm. As she's sorting out the exact bagging specifications of you, of your purchase. Mm-hmm. You've done it, Trev 4. You've saved Gold Star Disaster. <laughs> Let's move over to Maeve and Walt. What are the two of you up to? So I think after that initial encounter with Bradley, um, Maeve was a little uh, shook by all of this and, and the part that she played in it. Um, and so she, uh, you know, she's been very nervous about this whole day and, and she's built it up a lot in her mind, maybe in ways that aren't uh, realistic or, or grounded in reality in any way. Um, but, you know, that conversation shook her a little bit. So she worked up the nerve uh, and she asked Walt to accompany her uh, to her favorite place in Popularia, the whole reason that she was excited to be here, the original Infinite Pizza. All right. You make your way back out the doors that you initially went through, uh, and you go down a sunny boardwalk. There's ice cream kiosks. There's lemonade stands. Uh, there's babes leaning against the railings, <laughs> taken in the rays of the sun. And you make your way down the boardwalk, and it is not long before you find the infamous Infinite Pizza. Uh, You recognize it by the vibrant mural on the side of the building, and the mural is this gigantic green ooze, and on one side embedded in the ooze is a slice of pizza, and on the other side embedded in the ooze is just a dude swimming through trying to get to the slice of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's about the most of what you see of Infinite Pizza, because there is quite a long lineup uh, to get into Infinite Pizza. Uh, And it's, it's... the, the, the people that make up this line kind of have various degrees of respect for personal space. It's really noisy. Uh, you hear uh, blaring music that the, the few lyrics that you can catch are certainly inappropriate uh, for family-friendly audiences. And that's kind of clashing with roughly 50 conversations uh, that are happening in front of you. It's gonna be a bit of a wait to get to the actual storefront of Infinite Pizza where the, you can then place your order. So we're just gonna give Maven Wolt a beat uh, to just hang out here for a bit. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for you to try it. I can't believe you've never been. Okay, so there's the Desnine Delight. That's got all the little sea critters on it. The Photon Blasted Chicken is incredible. They got the Opulence. That one's just got kind of a little bit of everything on it. The 10 to the nth power cheese is all right. But I, I personally, you know, if you're going, you got to get something with meat on it. Honestly, you're 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 set no matter what you do. Just avoid the Gridge Garden. It's, it's the veggie one. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm... I'm sick of veggies, you know? I, I, I'm I'm here for the endless sausage myself. Oh, I can't wait. Well, sounds like a pretty expansive menu. It, oh, it's all so good. Well, I can't wait for you to... Oh, 
Man, that's uh quite the quite the lineup, huh? Yeah, it's not not quite as well disguised as everything was over at the con. Ugh. I mean, we're not gonna miss your your big talk with um the 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 whole bunch of fraxness or whatever, right? I, I don't want to make you late for that. Oh, you know, I, I, there's still a bit of time until all this panel, but I don't know. I honestly haven't seen a line this long for a pizza place before. I I, I don't know how how long it'll be till we get up to the front. I mean, trust me, it is worth it, but uh, I really don't want to make you late. Um, Listen, normally I wouldn't do this because, you know, respect the Vux out of this place, but... What would you say if I had a way to get us in a little faster? Uh, what do you have in mind? Uh, and Maeve's going to fiddle with the controls on the sleeve of her photonic jacket. Um, I want to try to use my uh, photo bypass ability, which I've unlocked. Roll to fold normal or normal light around you and blend in with your surroundings. Remember to put your hood up, is the text from the book. Um, basically want to try and, uh, camouflage and stealth our way in. And I'm wondering if I were to throw a kick on that, uh, could we potentially use it to cover the both of us? Absolutely. I love this offer. (laughs) My, uh, my jacket is, uh, canonically described as oversized, um, in my book. Um, but I still think like there's a difference between oversized and comfortably fits too. Um, so this might involve yeah, a little I f- bit of, Yeah, I feel of, like uh, very few pieces of outerwear comfortably fit, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, might be a little squishy, but, uh, I'll, I'll burn a kick on it. Yeah, it'll, um, it'll be cozy. You'll get nice and close. Oh, yeah, that's, that, no other reason that, that Maeve would want, would want to be, like, trying to pull this or anything, you know? Yeah, no, no, no this is purely pragmatism. Honestly, I think as she realized, like, she fiddles with it. Engages the photo bypass, it takes on that shimmery, like, projecting what's behind it, blending in with its surroundings quality, and then she holds it up and goes to, like, you know, invite Walt and realizes what she's actually asking here. It's like, <laughs> oh, um, I mean, if you're, uh, if, if you want to, if you're comfortable, I, I mean, I don't want to, uh, make you, um, it's just that I only have the one jacket and it's Whoa, not really, sick. like, that, you could wear it, but then I wouldn't get it. fully bends the light all around you. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so do you want me to, sh- should I come in like face to face here or, or, or do you want me to like turn back and uh, you can kind of like piggyback and like, how did you picture this going, Maeve? <laughs> uh, I hadn't. Uh, yeah, Maeve, I'm sure like, this is your plan, Maeve. What do you think will get you to that infinite sausage? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> It's the flavor of pizza, but you know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, Maeve stands slack-jogged for a minute and then shakes it off and is like, uh, um, well, here, there's there's four sleeves, so let me let me pop out a two here and then maybe we can do kind of a, a piggyback situation. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll slot into these lower ones here and... Uh, you don't mind if I sort of hold you, um, hold your thighs and like kind of hoist you up here? No, God, sweet I mean, Jesus! <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mind. All right, there you go. And uh, oh, I guess I should probably pull it pretty tight around the front here, just so we're not showing any legs moving. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want anyone to see nothing. No, 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 no. Yeah, you feel all right. I feel. Yeah, you can lean your head right on in if, if the hood will help cover up both our faces. There, you yeah. feel great. <laughs> feel, feel good. Yeah. All right, here we go. 
All right. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm assuming we need a roll for this. Yeah, you need a roll for this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <sighs> so I'm going to mark a kick from my jacket, uh, as discussed. I'll also, uh, I'll throw on a D6 from my jacket. That that feels like it makes sense. Do I want to burn even more resources on this? <laughs> I mean, do what you want. We did just hit the climax of the run, so, you know. <laughs> what else is going to pop up? You can probably burn all your resources, right? Uh, well, did you want to throw anything on this? Do you have any spare resources? Um... Or do you want to see this go sideways on us? Because that's fair. <laughs> I was just going to ask, am I able to take a dare to add something to this? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, I always forget that's an option. Yeah. Uh, you can mark a trouble uh, or let me get one bite or introduce a problem. Kind of want to introduce a problem. I don't have something super concrete. I have one. Okay. If you're willing to let me. Yeah, absolutely. Trade off a problem for another uh, D6 for Maeve here. What I will say is the way I see it, eventually you will be seen, right? <laughs> it just depends how close you get to being able to actually order the pizza before you're noticed. And then we'll let that problem sort of play out as it goes, depending on the nature of your roll. Nice. Yeah, rolling 3d6 and a kick. <sighs> we got a five. <laughs> it's the okay. highest. Mixed success. Um, success. So okay. the way I pictured this happening was we, we use this to blend in with our surroundings. We make our way up to the front of the line, dart in through the doorway when there's an opening. And then I think we're just kind of hanging out by the washroom. Like the, the, I'm picturing a little like bathroom hallway off to the side. Uh, and oh, just you, kind you of, didn't picture that we would have to sneak into a really tight space janitor closet? John Stack, you didn't. You weren't picturing that. <laughs> my my thinking is we're waiting in that hallway, and then the moment someone in the line is like on their phone and not paying attention, as they you know they're next, but they're not quite paying attention. We just try to casually slide in in front of them as though we were always there, uh, and hopefully catch it at a moment where no one. Uh, is paying attention. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Oh, I do like this. <laughs> Ooh. You do see someone who is not quite paying attention on their phone. Almost next kind of thing. Uh, so you feel like you could pretty easily sneak in. So I think you do have this opportunity to get in front of this person and shed your cloak and be the next in line. Excellent. Yeah, we do that. All right. Hold on tight back there, Maeve. Okay. <laughs> uh, you you move uh, with confidence. You stand in place. Uh, once you're you're certain where you're where you need to be, uh, you're like two or three spots back. You're so tantalizingly close to that infinite pizza, and you remove the cloak. The person behind you doesn't seem to notice. And then you hear from just outside the door of Infinite Pizza. Oh my god, Walt, is that you? <laughs> and all eyes turn to you, including the eyes of Wendy Wick, your cousin. <laughs> Wendy, 
Wow, I, I didn't know you were coming down to Dibocon. Uh, a, a gasp ripples through uh, Infinite Pizza, and Wendy's like, you're here for Dibocon? Oh, yeah, like, we're not there right now, but... Maeve can sense the, like, that that this is not viewed as a cool thing by this very cool establishment and, and does a uh, silent double face palm with, with two of her four hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what are you doing here? And at this point, I will uh, uh, have both of you clue into the fact that um, Walt... You and Wendy are the only Operablins in this line. Maeve, you are the only Thenispartian in this line. It is pretty much entirely Popularians. Mm-hmm. And where in uh, Popularia University uh, you saw folks wearing, you know, cosplay and athletic gear and Daibokin onesies or what have you, um, you you realize... Full Daibokin Gajinka cosplay, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you realize that everyone in Infinite Pizza, and as you recall further back in the line, they're wearing things like, you know, studded vests uh, and, like, just, like, absolutely hacked up uh, jorts. Uh, <laughs> jorts are cool, right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or, or, like, you know, pants with, like, rips in the knees and tears in the cuffs, patches, pins... Um, absolutely beat to shit gear, um, uh, piercings, tattoos, dyed hair. And, uh, Walt, you realize that this crowd is very distinctly, um, not the crowd that, uh, tends to roll at Popularia University for DiboCon. Well, yeah, we were just trying to grab a bite to eat and then maybe hit up the skate park with the rest of our crew before we went into the con. The, the person behind you, uh, uh, <laughs> who was on their phone that you uh, masterfully cut in front of, says, How did you even get this far into, the, into this place? Walking? Yeah, do you even know who you're talking to? We're, we're gold star disaster, man. We're the hottest new slug blasting crew. Show some respect. So... This is a bit of a different encounter than what we might tend to find in Slug Blaster because Slug Blaster is, yes, fighting monsters and pulling sick tricks, but also to be Slug Blasters, you need to be cool. So that means that you might occasionally find yourselves in a dicey social situation. So where, you know... We typically tend to let conversations kind of play out as they will. There's actually quite a bit on the line here. Your reputations as Gold Star Disaster in Infinite Pizza run by Fust, who has been known to sponsor slug blasting crews before. Wendy is here. She's with the Wicks. Uh, this place is uh, commonly populated by freaks. Um, not just the descriptor, but an actual crowd, a faction. So you could stand to gain or maybe lose a lot. Uh, I guess it depends on how cool you want to seem to these people and basically who you want to impress. 
So where normally I would let this conversation just play out, the tactics that you use here are actually going to require rolls. Okay. Yeah, totally. I think Maeve has caught on to to how out of place we were. I think she was pretty blinded by the fact that just like really excited for pizza, really excited to get some alone time with Walt, mm-hmm. didn't even clue into the social stakes, but they have come crashing into her uh, field of view here. And I think she her immediate uh, impulse is to go into damage control and kind of try and play it off like, like, no, we belong here and we're not here for, uh, you know, some dorky Dibocon thing. Although she's trying to walk a fine line of seeming cool to these people, but also not shitting on the thing Walt likes. <laughs> um, on the flip side of that, can I offer that Walt is going to keep approaching this just being honest about what he likes and who he is? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's going to be how Walt is just is is trying to be cool in his own way. I love that. And that's completely the opposite of Maeve's impulses. She's absolutely yes. <laughs> not following it. I love it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> how do I? <laughs> it's interesting that both of you have very different goals uh, in this social situation. So I'm trying to figure out how to sort of reconcile that from a mechanical perspective. And uh, at least to see how this first interaction goes, could we just roll like one die on one die to see who gets gets in first? Yeah, I'm into that. Sure. Sick. So just one on one die each. Yeah, and then and high high roll manages to react faster. I guess. Love it. I rolled a five. I rolled a two. <laughs> so Maeve, you get to go first, and I kind of like the contested nature of this. So we're gonna set up uh, a track for each of you. The first person to three successes is going to uh, be the one who successfully influences how this crowd sees you, uh, and then the the person who doesn't fill out their track first is basically just not going to be taken very seriously by the crowd. Uh, so I want it to be three tracks. Uh, Maeve, you're trying to look cool, so we're going to uh, give you uh, rad. Okay. And Walt, you're not really trying to hide the fact that you like Daibokin, you like Daibokan, that's what you're here for. Uh, so we'll make your track... Uh, uh, con. Nice, nice. Uh, so Maeve, you get to go first. I think Maeve is going to use, uh, I'm going to use a kick for my attitude here, and I'll use a d6 for my attitude. Um, so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm attempting to fill out two ticks on this track. And just for my own personal stakes here, I feel like a perfect success on this is I managed to both save face with the cr- the crowd around us and also, you know, keep an okay standing with Walt. Mm-hmm. Failure, obviously, you know, no one's buying it kind of thing. Um, but I could see a good mixed success being that uh, maybe I convince the crowd, but whether intentionally or not, at the expense of, of Walt's feelings kind of thing. That seems perfectly justified. I love that. So here we go, rolling 2d6 about it. We got a six. We got a six. (laughs) Uh, The crowd is giving you skeptical looks. Uh, Wendy is rolling her eyes like nobody's business. 
Um, even the people who are like making the pizzas behind the counter are occasionally looking over uh, to sort of like take in what's happening. Maeve, what do you do? Uh, Maeve pulls out her phone, plugs it into the port on her sleeve as she's talking and is, is like bringing up a video as she's talking and is continuing on from her previous point. You, you know who you're talking to? We're gold star disaster, man. Show some respect. I mean, hey, you haven't seen this going around? Uh, and she hits play on the video and like on the back of her jacket is projected uh, the footage of them in Calorium jumping from uh, hoodoo to hoodoo across the lava flow. Mm-hmm. Like how many crews you know who've been to Calorium and, and you know made it back in one piece without peeling, right? That's us, that's we did that. And we're here because that that con that you're all looking down at has one of the coolest skate parks that I've ever seen. I've, I'm right there in the video. I'm the one jumping across the lava flow. And this skate park is is the wildest. That's got some of the wildest ramps and, and the most Vorgal loop. And it's it's nuts in there. So before you go dragging down the this con, think about what you're missing. Uh, there's like quite a few like murmurs of approval and like people going, whoa, as they're as they're watching this uh, video. It really is a spectacle. Like you might have forgotten the sick angle you took of Brinley grinding on a hard light chain, kicking up crimson embers, everyone forming this beautiful formation. It's a beautiful video on full display in the center of Infinite Pizza. It's a really cool moment. And Maeve, please take a style for this. Yeah. But then uh, someone uh, a a few spots back, maybe behind or just in front of uh, Wendy, uh, pipes up and says, Yeah, but the skate park is a part of the university. It's not a part of the con. Are you there for the con? Walt? You're up. Uh, and sorry, how many uh, ticks did Maeve just mark there? Oh, I believe she just marked two. Is that right? Yeah. Dang. Well, if Connect Four has taught me anything, I've only got one shot at this then. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're absolutely here for the con and everything else in and around it. Uh, and with this, I think he's going to take the moment to summon up Scampykin. <laughs> I love this. And uh, I'm gonna see gonna see if Walton Scampykin can maybe start start pulling some tricks right right here and now, doing some some sh- 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 stuff. All right. Uh, as the chill, I always start with two d six for my attitude. I am going to take a dare again, uh, marking one trouble for a third d six. Uh, and I'm going to pop both of the kick that I have from my robot companion on this. So I'll be rolling 3d6 with two kick to see if I can look cool or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a six and two threes. A six and two threes, but that is a complete success. What do you do with Scampykin in this moment? Walt uh, pulls out his Dibo Vice. Uh, and summons up Scampikin as he also transforms it into the full board. And he sort of shouts out to Wendy, Yeah, you and your sisters are the ones who even got me my Daivokin to start with. And, you know, I I never really did much with the board side of it before, but bonding and growing with Scampikin here at my side, I think it has helped me as a boarder anyway. Scrimp! 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 Let's show him our stuff, Scamp. Uh, and then I think this sort of proceeds into kind of a little little street spectacle thing where Wilt is going around and Scampykin is almost setting up 
little ramps and jumps and things and hoops made out of bubbles. Mm-hmm. And Walt is managing to board his way up and off these things through all the the, the rings that are getting set up. It, it feels very much like going through some sort of water level in a Mario game or something. It's like all the flash of needing to hit the, the bubbles as you go to get through and just like really sharp movements and get, making the timing really snap. Something uh, in in those three that I rolled, getting the doubles on the threes actually activates <gasps> an ability right. I have called Steezy. <laughs> In which I mark one style anytime you roll doubles. You look cool without even knowing it. <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect! The thesis mm-hmm. of the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a complete success. I, I I think Maeve, maybe... I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but it is legitimately impressive what Walt is pulling off, especially in the very cramped sort of space of Infinite Pizza. Uh, this place really gives you the vibe of, you know, they managed to get a storefront and then they got hugely popular and never opted to expand their space. Um, so it is always far too busy and far too cramped. Um, and Walt is able to pull off some legitimately impressive tricks here. Walt is being true to himself here. He is not trying to bend a certain way to appease the people around him. So as a result, Walt, I will say that there are a couple of people who laugh, a couple of people who seem to be blowing you off. And when you point out that the Wicks actually got you the board, there are actually people who shoot glances at Wendy. And, you know, she usually wears foundation that's one or two shades lighter than her actual skin tone, part of the goth aesthetic. But she gets, like, noticeably pale as her expression shifts to mortified. Maeve. hmm I want to give you one more thing here. Yeah. You're looking around, you're taking all this in, you look over behind the counter, and the people behind the counter are are watching this display happen and kind of just like, they're a little hard to read, it's a little hard to see how they're sort of responding to this flagrant display of super uncool Daibokin shenanigans happening right in the middle of their shop. <laughs> um, if you want, I'll let you make one more roll to see if you actually manage to order a slice of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I think Maeve has a bit of a realization here because she, her first impulse, you know, like I I rolled well and managed to walk that line and not like, you know, I I, Maeve had the good sense to not like actively shit on the thing Walt loves, but her impulse was still to say like, Hey, you know, the thing that's obviously dorky to all of you? Well, it's actually got a thing you would like there also. So, like, and and I think watching Walt just unapologetically be himself and, and be confident in that, it clicks that, like, oh, that's that's way more cool than trying to pass off our interests as their interests or or downplay how nerdy our interests may be, like, just, just being who you are. Um... And I think she, you know, rather than trying to still argue or trying to to spin this any certain way, she just uh, takes a step back and pulls out her phone and starts filming Walt as he's doing these tricks and streaming to the Gold Star Disaster channel. Uh, and I think she she sort of concedes this battle and doesn't doesn't try to 
convince anyone. Um, and as he finishes up, I think she'll walk over to him and be like, "That that was that was great. That was that was really good. Like you you had no space in here, and you sick moves." Oh, well, thanks, Maeve. I couldn't do it without Scampier, though. Anyway, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm not really feeling like pizza anymore. You want to take off? Oh, are you sure? Yeah, this place isn't isn't my vibe, maybe. Well, you'll just have to show me to one of their other locations in the future. Yeah. Yeah. She takes one last longing look back at the uh, endless sausage pizza and, you know, almost breaks but steals herself and is like, no, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> uh, and the two of you walk out and... It, it does feel like a, a fair bit of the, the response here is, you know, laughter and dismissal. Someone behind the counter yells, okay, who's next? <laughs> Wendy doesn't say a word to you as you make your way past and out. But as you sort of start squeezing into the narrow doorway, because there's like two sets of doors, kind of, but they're always propped open and there's too many people crammed in this tiny little vestibule. And as you sort of like push past Wendy and like elbow your way through the vestibule to get out, you hear uh, someone, you don't know who, whisper, that was really cool. (laughs) Nice. And the two of you step out onto the boardwalk and make your way back towards Popularia University, towards Dibocon, where you were always going to go. The first hot dog cart we pass, Maeve orders everything they have. <laughs> <laughs>